like we always do about this time. Why Show that caffeine. Doc, tell him I'm sick, need me vaccine. Call him Top Shotter. Down in Fiji, drinking copper. It's nothing to push your bands like Spraga. Rhea, she can tell you. Smooth like a smooth, real soon. On his heads like Vidal Sassoon. Don't be a baboon, you freaking monkey. Going apes for this bread as bananas on me. Eight shots to Ron C. They gon' see you in a minute. I'm popping like a Xanax. Watch me like a Zenith. Menace, but only with this rap thing. Get it, live it. Goons get the simmy. Rep to go so I get the ribbon, thing go brick, 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 that's my money machine. Excuse me, Martin Luther, hey, I'm living my dream. Just in a different world, you can call me Kadeem, uh. I'm about nothing but cream, uh. Kids told me rap belong to the team, uh. West Coast, nothing in between, uh. But me and her legs will drop dead. Heard what I said. If you ain't rocking with the coast of Watt City, uh, off with his head. Now I'm to the bank laughing. Kanye love it how I'm in my Kardashian. On oh, my Kardashian's. Standing horse, my Ferrari is. Hey, they sleeping on him. I'm Captain Z's, Bugatti, Lambo, wishing on him. <laughs> Lucas Cash on sticks. Don't matter anyway. Every hey, run this. Sick. Oh, D, I need a new whistle, dog. My whistle's horrible. Sound a little shout. AM Caffeine Morning Show's Friday. It's your boy, DLC. Smooth D on the ones and twos. DJ Ron, man in the boards. Now, if you're a follower, supporter of the AM Caffeine Morning Show, you know that the crew consists of uh, myself, Smooth D, DJ Ron C, Rhea Bia, and uh, we have a couple other folks down with us too, uh, Butterfly and uh, Brandy. Well, you know, I'm. Hmm. Smooth D has a Wednesday. I, I'm passing out pink slips. DJ Ron say I fired his ass. Like, I'm cool. Got like, you. I just don't appreciate the, uh, the lackluster effort. Past couple weeks, his mixes were absolutely horrible. Wow. Uh, I, I don't know what beat he was on. He was on beat. I give him that. Was he on beat? He was on beat. Well, he didn't show up to work this week, so that's that's ground for firing. So he's out of here. <laughs> that's why DJ Ron is with us. And you know, we gotta erase the color lines because you know we had a lot of black folks. Like you know, we you know we're gonna reach out to Ron, nationality you're Filipino, Filipino, right? There we go. We, yeah, we need some of that in our life. <laughs> DJ Ron's rocking with the AM Cafe Morning Show. So you know, Fridays is special, man, because we try to bring you. You know, interviews. And the cool thing about the AM Caffeine Morning Show is that we're able to interview folks that we're fans of personally. You know, we're not 
a commercial radio show where you have to interview certain folks. Like Fetty Wap, that, that it's not happening, dog. There ain't no Fetty. I don't do Fetty, dog. Who else I'm not going to interview, Smooth D? Uh, Fetty's the dude with that one eye, right? That's the messed up eye, dude? Yeah. Yeah, no Fetty. Can't Who else him? don't I like? Yeah, we can't see You don't like anybody, though. No, I like some people. Name one. It, exactly. Dang. Big Daddy Kane. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so today, man, so special because, you know, growing up in California, growing up in Southern California, L.A., I was a dancer. I, I popped. I locked. You can't pop lock because those are two different dances, but that's too technical for you guys, so I won't really break that down. But as a dancer growing up in L.A., I liked music that had a lot of energy, had a lot of, um, you know, that the beats were very, were, were fast paced and it, it had just so much energy and, and, and got the party started. And in L.A., man, there was a couple groups, rappers that for me were just so influential in my growing up. I have gone on record to say on many occasions that before I really got into lyrical content of the rap and hip-hop culture, Egyptian Lover, dude, man, that was Jay-Z for me, dog. don't care what you say. Now when you go back and you listen to the rhymes, like, man, Egypt really wasn't that dope lyrically. But back then... So Egyptian lover and the world-class wrecking crew just musically in L.A., it was about that movement. There was an influential station here, 1580 K-Day. And I lived in Rowland Heights, California, so it was real difficult. Like, I would have to stick out my big toe and my pinky in order to try to get reception because it was so far out. But, man, the world-class wrecking crew, dude, ruled L.A. for such a serious time period. And without that, you don't have Dr. Dre. I don't give a hot damn. If you, without that, you don't have Ice Cube. I don't care. This is where it's all started. True. The one and only Alonzo Williams. DJ Alonzo Williams is in the building from the world-class record crew. Do you know what this is? What up, what up? It's like, come on, dude. Monumental. Denzel Washington wanted to come. I was like, hell no. <laughs> Not when Zoe's coming, hell no. Zoe, thanks for rocking with the AM Cafe oh, morning man, show, dude. Here, when they call, I gotta call. You know? Shout out to my man, Kevin Nash, who actually hooked me and Alonzo up. We were playing basketball, and Lonzo happened to call him, and Kevin Nash said, Doc, do you want, oh, man, man, if you don't get Zoe's ass up until uh, the AM Cafe morning show. You know, me and Kevin go way back, man. When I was on tour in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Right. They was talking about this kid that was a hot DJ. He's like 14 years old. Wow. And he interviewed us, right? We in Lake Charles, Louisiana. We playing with Cool Mo D. Uh, Zap and somebody else. I can't think of the other group. Uh, and Kevin, we went on Kevin's show for an interview. 
and when Kevin, when I went to um, the Club Hall of Fame in Hollywood Park Casino, right, as a promoter, Kevin was like, man, you know, you remember me? I'm like, why? The name sounds familiar. And he told me the story. I'm like, wow, wow dude. that's crazy. We go back like that. 14 years old. 14 years old. Shout out to Kevin Nash. He's out here in LA on 102.3 KJLA to station owned by Stevie Wonder. Stevie, I see you. <laughs> you know I gotta hit Stevie off real quick. So Zoe, man, I'm so much I want to talk about. One of the reasons I'm really so happy that Straight Out of Compton came out is because it gives the opportunity for folks to get the backstory of where these artists came from, and sometimes artists tend to forget you know you get large and you kind of forget the foundation of where how it all started the origin of it let me start off with this how many times have you seen straight out of Compton I got the DVD I got one of them boxes that allow you to watch whatever you want to watch when you want to watch it right I about 10 times (laughs) I almost watched it this morning but I watched Avatar instead I passed by it. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to give it a break. I'm going to give it a break today. I'm going to watch some blue people for a while. <laughs> so, Smooth, I got Zoe in the building. There's so, yes, I mean, when I say there's so much I want to talk about. So, should we get to the interview or you want to hit me off with a real quick mix? Let Zoe get comfortable. Yeah. Uh, let me comfortable. Let her feel a little bit. Let her feel a little bit and come back and we're just going to chop it up, man. AM yeah. Caffeine Morning So Legendary Alonzo Williams. So you, so yes, is it sir. DJ? What, what? Let me know because you know you're what, royalty. Man, you know what? Everybody calls me Lonzo or Zo. The, the A didn't come out till the book came out. Right. Okay. It's been Lonzo all this time. Disco Lonzo, LA Lonzo, all that. Right. But when the book came out, it wasn't gonna work without the A. Right. My real name was Alonzo, Alonzo. but nobody uses that. Right. Name. But everybody called me Lonzo, Zo. Uh, World class grandmaster. If you want to get formal about it, right? <laughs> if you want to get formal about it, it's the world class grandmaster. But you know, and on the radio show is always just so. Just so. There it is. Zoe's in the building. It's the AM Cafe Morning Show. Smooth D. Get into the mix. Don't hold on to it. We got legendary Zoe. World class record crew in the building. Smooth D. Let's go. AM Cafe Morning Show. Ready? One, two, three, four. <laughs> Your morning started the right way with the AM Caffeine Morning Show.
AM Caffeine Morning Show. Smooth D, you know how I feel about that song right there, boy. Hold on, if you start pop like it. AM Caffeine Morning Show, special guest in the building today. The one and only Lonzo. We're not even gonna put the A on the day. Lonzo Williams from the World Class Wrecking Crew in the damn building. So when you hear this song in particular, because it's one of my favorites, does it take you back, especially now, with just how popular and how well Straight Outta Compton did and folks are kind of getting a background to the beginning of Dr. Dre. When you hear this song, does it take you take you back to that time of... Yeah, we were broke. <laughs> We was doing, man, we was doing it for the love and because we was trying to pack the club. Right. We had a different motivation. We weren't trying to make history. We was trying to keep the Eve After Dark cracking. Right. Okay. And uh, this restaurant got a hit record and all our lives changed. And we, we had no intentions on making history or doing anything other than making a record and having some fun and keeping the club cracking. So, yeah, I go back. When you, so tell me. How, how did this song in particular come together? Like, what was the creative process when you guys were doing records? At well, you know, initially, by me being in the group, and Dre had, I was, a, I was a founder of the group, I was a label owner, co-wrote song, blah, 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 blah. And because Dre had the doctor theme, Okay. The doctor theme can, can be played so many different ways. Right. And when the him and clientele came with the song named Surgery, we dropped everything. We said, let's do surgery. Right. Okay. And it worked. And then initially, my plan was to do a song about everybody. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I was going to be last because, you know, just out of courtesy, since it's my money and my studios and blah, blah, blah. Right. I'm going to be last, and I'm the only one that ever got a song. <laughs> <laughs> so now. Let's go back to you had Eve After Dark. Yes. And when you had Eve After Dark, which is a club in in L.A., you had that before you had any idea of forming a group or anything like that at that point. So you just was a club owner and just trying to have it packed on the weekend. I'm a DJ who became a promoter. I got tired of getting pimped. Right. And I was lucky enough to get caught by my dad with a pile of money. My old man thought I was selling dope. Okay. He was about to kill me. Wow. And I asked, hey, man, calm down. Put the belt down. I'm <laughs> okay. Don't shoot me and whoop me right. Don't whoop me and shoot me. Okay? Right. <laughs> come, come by Alpine Village and see what I'm doing. Alpine Village off of, off of, of uh, Torrance. It's still there. It's still there. Yes. Me and Roger from Uncle Jam's Army. We're doing parties at Alpine Village, okay? Before Uncle Jam's Army formed. We was business partners, okay? And I had did my own party that weekend before, but I'd also DJ for Roger. Okay. And my old man came home, so I built a pile of money. He came through Alpine a couple of weeks later, and we had had another great night. Had he cracking. Like, he like, man, what you got going here? And mm-hmm. I told him, hey, man, you know, we pay this amount. We do this right here. And he said, that, you pay that much money for one night? I said, yeah. He said, come on. Let's go talk to my buddy. And his buddy had just built this second story to his room, to his, uh, his, other, his other nightclub, Jeffy's. Okay. And uh, they put me in a room, and they cut they cut the deal, okay? Wow. And my dad... So your dad my and dad, your dad's friend my cut dad's the deal. My dad's friend cut the deal for me to do the room. 
and they both threatened me at the same time. Uh-huh. And they, and my dad said, the old man says, all right, uh, if you don't do, don't look, I tell you, I'm gonna kick your kick your butt, right? My old man says, if he gotta kick your butt, I'm gonna kick your butt for making him have to kick your butt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I got pressure. Right. That was old school. Right. Okay. Right. I'm, 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 I got two old old cats that can tear me. You know, on, on, your old, head, on, on your my head. head already. Right. Okay. And um, I was 21. I never had a club before. I'm 21. I'm just out of my mom's house. Right. Okay. And uh, I did it. I put together my team, me unknown, a cat named Billy T and Sweet Ron Ron and Elegant Elson and some old folks. And we made it happen. And we were security guards. We were security guards, DJs. You doing everything, janitors, everything, everything. everything. So, how long was that? Was that open until your introduction to the members of the world class wrecking crew? That, well, as we know it, Drayton came on about about three years, like two or three years later. We'd been rocking for a while, and we became the number one club in the city. Only thing that was rival with us was the Carolina West. Carolina, shout out Carolina West, and. Um, I was bringing in Curtis Blow, and Dre, and that's when that's when Dre wanted to come through, and he saw Curtis Blow and him and Yellow hooked up, and they became partners, and man, you know, so much stuff happened. This we're talking about thirty-five years ago, right? Okay, thank God I don't have Alzheimer's <laughs> that you can remember everything, man, because it's still stuff people bring to me sometimes. Remember so and so and so and so like wow, and you'd be surprised how your brain suppresses stuff. But if somebody sparks that, you know, sparked that fire, that oh, memory okay, starts right. going again. Right. Oh, right. Yeah, you're right, we did do that. Right. Okay. But yeah, Drake came and joined the crew about, uh, about 82, 83. And the next year we made uh surgery. So now from watching straight out of Compton, first of all, how did you how do you feel your role was depicted? You know what, Doc? Uh, it's funny. Uh, they depicted me as a uh, as a major hater. For real. Okay, but if anybody thinks about this right here, think about this. First of all, I was the only one that could afford a vision. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> I'm the only one that had that could put two nickels together to even sponsor a vision. If the vision was a hamburger, I'm the only one that could afford to pay for it. Right. Okay. So I never was a gangster. Right. That's not my forte. That's not my lane. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've always been smooth, laid back, cool cat. You know, ladies, man, blah blah blah. Right. So gang gang bangers, gang banger was not my forte. Right. Okay. Um. Second of all, I they were not gang bangers initially. Right. Okay. When Easy came into my house with his track, with the first track from Boys in the Hood, contrary to the movie in real life. Keeping it 100. Let's do that. That's what we do here. <laughs> I'm the only one that even liked it in real, in real life. Because at that time, understand this, okay? I'm a DJ, okay? Been playing records for a while, for a long time. Since 1976, I've been spinning records, okay? I've been a musical fan since I was a kid. So I know that some of the strangest records that you, that you hear can become hits. Mm-hmm. At this time, it was a young man out of... Um, New York had a record out, guy named Biz Markey. Absolutely. Okay. Picking Buggers. Right. He getting paper off of Picking Buggers. That first album. Okay. He getting paper off, you got what I need. Mm-hmm. So if this can be a hit, why wouldn't Boys in the Hood be a hit? Mm-hmm. So I'm telling him, hey, man, don't laugh, dude. That, that could work, too. Yeah, right. Look at this squeaky voice, man. He too short. So at this point, when you got that, this was 
Easy's was a demo or was this the version that actually went on? It was his, to, his demo. It was a demo. It took Dre so long. It took him almost a day and a half, maybe two days, to actually. Because Easy was, wasn't, wasn't able to record. And see, these are things people 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 go blind to facts. Easy never planned to be a rapper. Right. Easy kind of morphed into that character. Mm -hmm. Okay. Once he realized it was working, like, okay. I can become this. I can do this. Right. Okay, and if you if you knew Easy like I knew Easy, and see, I'm not, I would never discredit the brother by no means. He was he was he was great at what he did, okay? But he played a role. Easy was one of the nicest guys you want to meet. Right. So they came to some money. Right. Okay? He didn't like paying people. And that's what he he and I always bumped heads at, okay? <laughs> Give me my money. Right. All right. But for the most part, Easy was the only one that came to my house. After he blew up and would hang out, Easy would have his bodyguards meet him at my house because he knew at my house when nobody go sweating. Right, because he wasn't about none of that. Do you still Eric to me? Okay, I ain't gonna ask you for nothing. All right, but he was the only one that that made millions that ever put me on his payroll. Hey man, go handle so and so for me. I need this done. Jerry Heller would call me. Hey man, Easy gonna drop uh, meet Easy or so and so pick up a check to go take care of so and so. All right, cool. And there's something there for you. That kind of situation. Right. So when Easy brought you Boys in the Hood, was there an opportunity for you at that time to get involved in that from a business standpoint? Was there like because you were already putting out records and Easy hadn't done that yet, correct? Right. Was there an opportunity for you to maybe form a partnership and have your own, have him be a part of? Your nah, record situation nah. of what you're already doing. I had my hands full, dude. I had my hands full. So you had no interest in it from Not that really. standpoint. You just listened to it well, and gave I'm, your opinion. Well, understand this. I'm the go-to guy for the swap, for the Compton swap meet. I'm the, go, I'm the go-to guy for Steve Yano, rest in peace, who uh, ran the, ran the uh, Rodium swap meet. Why wow, the Rodium? Steve come to my house every day, every week, picking up four, 500 records. Okay? I'm, I'm selling underground mixes like they legal. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Steve and Pico at, at the one stop, and he was trying to buy some records for me. I wouldn't deal with him. I thought he was the FBI. I never, I never seen a uh, Japanese guy in record business before. Right. I just knew he was a fed. Right. I wasn't dealing with him. Okay. <laughs> so the guy who I was actually selling to gave him gave him a filler, uh, you know, his stamp of approval. You can sell to him, Lonzo. He's right. Cool. He's cool. And though Steve, I only had about hundred records. Steve, I need five hundred. Now I'm like, now I'm really nervous. It's right. That's a lot of evidence. Right. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> so he came by the house, bought 500, and we became tight. So between him and me and Greg Mack was already doing doodos together. Okay. So I had a street trifecta that nobody else had. And if anybody wanted to get on K-Day, they came to me. Mm -hmm. They knew me and Greg was tight. Right. So that was my contribution to um, Ruthless Records. I hooked, well, it was more than just that. I hooked Greg up with Easy. I hooked uh, Greg up with Steve Yano. I hooked Easy up with, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I hooked up uh, Easy with G Steve Yano, Greg Mack, and I hooked him up with Jerry Heller. The movie Man. don't tell you that. Not at all. So you knew Jerry Heller before. Jerry Heller was the manager of World Class Wrecking Crew before he was managing Easy. Man, you better stop. You better stop. You better stop. Jerry Heller was the manager of Jerry Heller and um, his partner Maury Alexander was managing Wrecking Crew, Egyptian Lover, and um, uh, LA Dream Team. Jerry Heller was managing all those folks. His, he, he and his partner. Well, put this way here. There was a missing. There was a. I don't need to misunderstand. There was a negative word put on this partner, so I wouldn't let this partner manage me. I wanted to work with Jerry because Jerry didn't have to know him at that time. Okay. So 
understand this. My neighbor was Etta James. Okay, the blues singer. What? Okay. <laughs> my neighbor was Etta James. Uh-huh. I bought my house from this old guy named Johnny Otis, who was a blues, it was another blues singer, blues legend. Right. Okay. So Etta had let Etta knew Maury. And she kind of pulled pull my coat on Maury. You might want to watch that one right there. What you know about Jerry? I don't know about Jerry. Get, you, do what you got to do. Right. Okay. So that was the connection. So I'm tied into it like, I'm tied into the game like this. Right. Okay. So everybody's coming to me for consultation, whatever the case may Maybe. be. Right. Plus I had, I used to work for a record distributor. And I had the na- I had a national and a regional list of all the record stores in California, Nevada, Seattle, Washington, Arizona, everything. everything. Plus, I had one stops around the country. Right. So I had ends. Me and Roger used to work for a record company, to, a record distributor together. So I kept my list. Right. <laughs> and I put mine to use a few years after I left Record Shack, and because I was able to sell records around the country, around the state. Folks knew I had that hookup, but I was really strong here in California because I had sold to Mr. Park and everybody at the swap meets. All meet. the swap meets. All the, the swap meets. Mm-hmm. And see, the swap meets had their own little distribution network that people didn't know about. Right. If you sold a one swap meet, you couldn't sell to the other ones. You had to go. You had to know the main guy to deal with, mm-hmm. which is Mr. Park. Right. Mr. Park bought for all the swap meets. And if Mr. Park didn't like your product, you didn't get into the swap meets. You might drop off one or two, but you ain't going to sling no, no thousands. Right, okay? right. Okay? And Mr. Park didn't know he didn't know rap from R and B country and western, mm-hmm. so he called me. I was like, oh, "What you think about? What this? you think about this right here?" Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, hey man, that's cool. And he, all right, take it in. And that's how easy he got into the swap meets. That's how he got into the you know into uh, the rhodium. So I was the one that was disseminating all the information. So I was the go to guy. Wow. AM Caffeine Morning Show. You hearing it first here, Smooth D. We gonna get back into the mix, man. Yeah, this one song, dude. This is way too much infodamnation. I need it all. Infodamnation. Yes, infodamnation. New word. Word of the day. AM Cafe Morning Show. Zoe is dropping jewels. This is stuff that you didn't see in Straight Outta Compton, dude. We need to do our own movie. Zoe, are you working? We're going to talk, we'll talk about, about that. that We're going to talk about that. AM Cafe Morning Show. One, one song, Smooth. We're coming right back. For sure. I'm afraid of this fish. 
AM Caffeine Morning Show. Smo D, we have to take a musical break, dude. There's so much damn information. Woo! Even stuff off air is getting <laughs> thick. If you're just now tuning in to the AM Caffeine Morning Show, the one and only DJ Alonzo Williams. But I'm a, it's Zoe today, dude, from the World Class Wrecking Crew. And when I tell you the plethora of information and the history that he's given to us today, man, you... This is incredible, Zoe. Thank you, Dad. So, when we left off, we were talking about the club, talking about, you know, the first time that, you know, Easy brought you uh, Boys in the Hood, talking about how connected you were because you were also uh, not just a DJ, but you were a distributor. Not of dope. We don't do that. Dope music. And how you just had the game on lock and was just really supplying vinyl to the one stops, to the record stores, to all the DJs. So you were just extremely, extremely connected outside of the world class record group. Before it was even conceived. You know, as you hear my voice, I have a very distinctive voice. Right. People know my voice. I could be not here and talk to him. Hey, Lonzo. Mm-hmm. And I was a phone salesman and a record distributor. And because I had this, speak, this distinctive way of speaking, people recognized my voice. So when I finally walked into a store to sell records, hey, man, I've been knowing you forever. Right. Good to meet <laughs> you. Dog talking. Yeah. We've been, right. You know, we've, it felt like family. So right. this one, all the VIPs and all the, um, all the record stores, like VIPs and the Dolphins of Hollywood and all these stores, these were like big, major chains. Before we got to be, before we got to, uh, I'm from, uh, before we got to warehouse, warehouse, right, okay? right, right. And my boy, the Anderson brothers, I take take them some records. And they would ship them all over the country, okay? Because they, I was the, the manufacturer, and they became my distributor. Same thing with the swap me. So I'd go to the to the uh, record manufacturing plant in my van with a, I'd fill it up, and I'd be, I swear I thought I was going to bust the axle a few times. This has I mean, so much music I got records, I hit the brakes one time, records all in the back of my head, <laughs> I got 12 inches on my back, then I messed up my whole little stack, and I had everybody's order all stacked up, but that's how it was, and before I went home, I had an empty truck and a pocket full Your of money. money. Okay? So, tell me, when the world-class wrecking crew now becomes a group, a, a, a crew, and you're the one that's financing it. Do you guys have a meeting to say, this is the kind of music we're going to do, this is what our style is going to be, this is how we're going to look? Like, or did it just kind of just happen, or was there a meeting with everybody that said, this is what we're going to set out to do? How did all, how did all those individuals come together to decide we, this? We were, were kind of do? a semi-democratic oligarchy. Okay. Right. <laughs> But I mean, some things I took to the body. Okay, hey man, you know we we, we were going to be a dance group. We were all we were all DJs. Right. Dre, Yella, myself, and even clientele were initially DJs at the club. Right. Okay. And we knew what made people what people what made people dance. And that's what we want to make dance music. And we, we started getting uh, shows. It was like, okay, what are we going to wear? Okay. And so you were just getting shows as just D as a DJ crew. No, 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 as, as wrecking crew. As a re- as, as wrecking crew. crew. Okay. So we we would not cloud this and grab the, the first thing we can grab. Okay. Then we made the world class album. We wanted to get a look. 
and we in the 80s now, okay? <laughs> Jerry Curls and Lil' Eyeliner is what you saw on everybody's album cover. Right. Ready for the World, More Stay in the Time, uh, Midnight Star. These are the kind of groups we're performing with. We're not right. perform- we the only rap act on the show. Mm-hmm. We are true pioneers of hip-hop. We the only rap act on the show. Mm-hmm. We got the tip of the stage between the monitors because everybody got keyboards and drumming. <laughs> and if we, got, we, we, got, we, we rehearsed the whole show. We can't even do it because we you you know, have no room. You might we got speakers it. between us, okay? <laughs> so it wasn't until like two or three years after that our record started picking up momentum and bigger sales that we were able to get back, you know, back on the stage some more and get really some more room. Thing. And again, we still not performing with an all-hip-hop show. Still with R&B We're acts. we competing with R&B acts. Right. Well, you can't go out there in no jeans and tennis shoes and grab your balls out right. about just like that, and that's the way it is, okay? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Run DMC was doing their thing on the East Coast, but it had, that, that flavor hadn't, hadn't, got, to LA hadn't yet. got to L.A. yet. Right. Okay, so by the time we got on the on tour, we were like we were competing with, with our major acts, and we had to go after them. I'm a very competitive performer, okay? And... I learned from the old school folks, if you're going to have a, somebody going to come pay to see you, you got to put on the show. Right. You got to do some hopping around, some dancing. <laughs> and you, we we also playing with groups like the Jets and the Boys. You ever heard, you remember the Jets? Absolutely. Yeah. All the Samoans. No Samoans. No some dancing ass Samoans. Right. Okay. <laughs> There's some dancing. Then we playing against, playing behind the boys. Them fools are gymnastics. Right. They do gymnastics. They flipping all over the stage. I'm like, God, and they're cute. Uh, right. Okay. <laughs> how are we gonna and compete? How are we gonna compete with these fools? Okay. So we had to go out there and put, we had to sweat. Okay. We had to put. I don't like losing. So we had to put in work for a show. And it wasn't until a few years later that Run DMC picked up momentum. Right. That that's when the controversy between me and the crew came in. Well, man, all they got on is jeans and tennis shoes, and they getting fifty thousand. Okay. That's East Coast. And we wasn't that that flavor hadn't really jumped off here yet. Right, it was coming. Right, but it hadn't got but, here yet. You know, then you got the LLs. LL, he, he got the rock. You know, he got this thing. He rocked back and forth. And if you listen to the songs like on World Class Wrecking Crew, like uh, 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 House Calls. In fact, it was really funny. I was telling somebody just the other day when we cut House Calls, Dre sounded so much like LL, LL. Cool J. We nicknamed him LL Cool Dre. Wow. Okay. And Whoa. to see them and to see them working together today. Right, because they just put out a beats commercial right. like last week okay. or something. Okay, it just like it blows me away because I'm like, I remember we was teasing this cat about sound like LL. And now, now they're working now together. They're working together. Show you how time works. So everybody in the group wanted to kind of change their image and you At the end. At the end, and you kind of was like, wanted, let's stick to this. We've been doing this right here for the last past five. How much were you guys years. getting a show at that time? Probably about 500. Or before as a group? As a group. So now when you're doing, oh, no, no, you're, no. you're opening we, up for Midnight Star. We're or... getting 3,500. You know, uh, we, again, we didn't have to turn off the lights. We just got surgery juice and lovers. Okay. We're getting 2,500, 3,500 a night. Everybody getting like 500. So everybody's splitting that evenly. That's their money. We, we take off your manager fees. The manager get 20% off the top. And who was managing that? We had a couple of managers. Uh, one, one was named Jerry, uh, not Jerry, Jerry Williams at the time. And uh, he was getting twenty percent, right? And then the rest of it went to the crew. So it goes to the crew. But you had put up money before. Did you get any? Did you ever get reimbursed for oh, any money I that you had spent? For, I got mine from record sales. Okay. And sometimes I had to advance money for 
uh, costumes, something like I, I would get that back. Right. And everybody wanted a medallion. Right. So I would get that money back. <laughs> okay. And, uh, you know, so it was, it, and that's the part that always was a problem because I had to do too much. Mm-hmm. I'm, the record, I'm the record label owner. I'm a member of the group. And I, for a while, I was a manager. Mm-hmm. So I didn't take a management fee when I was when I was managing the group, but if they was broke, you would I, advance them. Some I, money. I need I need I need twenty five. I need a hundred. I need whatever the case may be. I was the go to guy for everything. Right. And it was real. It was it, and sometimes I needed my money back. Okay. <laughs> Not sometimes. And folks like, oh man, you got a house. What well, that has nothing to do I with anything. Pay. Well, so you understand this? I'm eight years older than Dre. Dre's would have lived with his mom. I got a house, a car, and a kid. And he got four kids, too, at the same time. Right. Whoa. So, oh, yeah. Not met him. He had four. Okay. The three that I knew of. Right. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't hear about the other one until he was 30 years old. I'm like, man, this right. was doing way too much. But <laughs> it was uh, a lot of pressure because I was everything. I was, let's say, the, the club owner, fellow DJ, fellow group member, and the label. I'm Barry Gordy. I'm Puffy. I'm Russell Simmons. Right, yeah, everything. I'm, I'm doing all this, okay? Right. Take and, that, take that. And, uh, you know, <laughs> and sometimes it looks like you're doing too much, but you do a lot. To I had to do a lot to get where we, to, to get where we wanted to go. There was nobody for me to go to to get it done. Right. If I wanted it done, I had to do it myself. Right. So, and they all had limits on what they could do and would do. Mm-hmm. I couldn't afford no limits. Right. Okay. I had to do it all. If it required me to have to stay up all night in the studio, I do that. If I got to hang up posters, I did that. If I had to DJ the club, I did that. If I got to go to McCola and pick up records, you did that. I put them in the back of my van. I got to go sell them. I did, you know, so everybody couldn't do what I did, and because I was doing so much, I was always broke because I'm always soon as I get money in for one thing, you, you have put, to kick it out for something else. We need a new keyboard, right? Okay, we need a new drum machine. We need costumes. So soon as my money get in, I never got a chance to fill my money till we got the CBS deal. So you get the CBS deal. What music did you have when you hit when you got the CBS deal? Did you go in there already with music, or when you got the deal, you then did a whole project with on, on the uh, CBS? The CBS deal was a funny, funny thing, man, because Larkin Arnold, one of the baddest black men in the record business at that time, he had discovered Marvin. He had brought Marvin Gaye from uh, from Motown to CBS. Tina Marie, Luther Vandross, Frankie Beverly and Maids, uh, everybody, Michael Jackson. He was involved in everybody, right? He called. He uh, sent a headhunter out. Mm-hmm. To come holler at World Class Wrecking Crew, Bobby Jimmy and the Critters, Egyptian Lover, uh, and the L.A. Dream Team. Okay. We all went to CBS the same day. We all had meetings right behind each wow. other. Wow. Okay? We all had meetings right behind. It's all, all this is in my book. Right. Okay? And uh, it was the funniest thing in the world because we, we were the only ones that had a ballad. Okay? And we had we had a, just did our World Class album. And we had that the ballot lovers on there, and that was blowing up on radio. And mm-hmm. we had no money for it. Mm-hmm. We just had a natural hit. Right. And we got the record deal for a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. That was the best and the worst thing ever happened to me. Why is that? Because one, I was told not to take it. I was asked, man, my, my, my manager at the time, Jerry Williams, don't take the hundred grand because you're gonna lose your momentum. You're gonna sit on the shelf. You 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 up you up against too many big dogs. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I can't. I'm, I got a house. You cannot turn that down. I I, can, I could personally. Mm-hmm. By this by this time, I could personally, but I couldn't because they all was broke. Right. So like, man, we need that money. We need. Okay, cool. Let's do this. 
and he quit and stopped being our manager. Because of that? Because of that. But before I signed with somebody else, I did the deal with CBS on my own, just me and my lawyer. Although Jerry Heller was around, I asked my lawyer, hey, man, what do I need to do to make this deal happen? He said, all we got to do, I'm going to do the negotiations. I'm going to call you and tell you what you need to do. I said, do I need a manager? He says, no. He says, all the manager's going to do is get a free $20,000. Uh, he's going to get a free $20,000. Right, right. Okay? I'll do it. Two things going to happen. You're going to save yourself $20,000, and you're going to learn the record business. Okay? I'll do that. Plus, I spent the $20,000 amongst the crew. I didn't keep it. I gave everybody you, else. You, you split it up with everybody. Split up against everybody. I didn't keep. I didn't take twenty off the top. The lawyer cost me like seventy five hundred. We did the studio time. The rest of it we cut up. But I had a little bit of money before the end because I had, I had a house mm-hmm. before I before I bought my big house. I had another house that was paid for already, mm-hmm. and I had a line of credit, so I, I had money. Right. I had access to money. I didn't have no real. Personal cash, I had good credit though, mm-hmm. so I looked bigger than what I than was. what it actually was. Than it really was, and you, but you couldn't tell them. They don't know. They don't know nothing about what I'm so doing. So to them, it just looked like you just balling out, out of control. Out of control. I out stole control. all the money. Right. Right. Okay. You know, so it, I bought a house, I bought a BMW before I got the CBS deal because I had a line of credit at my house. Right. So you know, when you're dealing with youngsters and you got people in their ear, mm-hmm. he's gonna rip you off. They he gonna steal. Look, man, we all in this together. Right. Okay. I ain't got to steal nothing from you, but again. They don't understand the game. And I can say because, because I'm older than they are, and I've been doing business now. At that time, I've been in business 10 years. Everybody else is novice to the game. So after the CBS deal, it happens, and you guys go on to do what you did as a world-class wrecking crew. What was the defining moment that ended the group, or maybe or ended you being a part of it? Well, um, like just like it was predicted, we were going to get put on the shelf, and we did. Our album, we finished our album in January, I think it was like of 80, 85. It didn't come out to like August. Oh, wow. And back by that time, man, hip-hop records, were, they, people forgot who we were. We did like two or three gigs that whole year. And uh, I was down to my last few thousand dollars, and I said, I need to make another record. We got dropped from CBS. Mm-hmm. I said, I need to make another record to get back out in the streets. And... That's where the problem came in. They want to go back. They want to do something street. Mm-hmm. I want to do something that was uh, that got us airplay. Mm-hmm. And I was fighting for turning off the lights. They was fighting for something else. Mm-hmm. I pulled an executive decision. I was that guy in the movie. We're doing the slow record right here. We're doing turn off the lights. Dre had been messing with this beat. And the cold part about it was, she got guy work. Nobody wanted to do it, so they wouldn't write no parts. I had to write everybody's part for them. So in Turn Out the Lights, you wrote every every word of it. <laughs> every word, every syllable. Okay? Every period, every punctuation mark, everything. comma, everything. Dre, Dre did the track. Who had brought Mr. Light to the table? At this point, Dre had already... No, 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 no. Mr. Lay had been brought to me uh, by another brother, and his name constantly slips in my mind, and I know if I see him, he's going to probably whoop my ass because <laughs> he changed her life and mine, too. But I was just got, just got off a tour. I was at the pad on a Sunday afternoon, never, seven, Sunday evening, never forget it. I just got off the plane. His brother called. Hey, man, I got this girl you need to hear. Dude, I, I got a date. I got something to do, okay? Oh, man, come on, by. Come on, let me come out. No, man, I get No, 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 no. So he finally talked me. In, I mean, you got 15 minutes. <laughs> he brought it, brought it by the house. We go in the studio. 
and she won't sing. Man, look, I got to go. <laughs> I got my girl waiting on me. I, it was a dry run on the tour. I didn't get lucky at all. I got things I got, to, I got to go get mine. I got to go me. handle it, okay? Right. And she turned her back, and she started singing. I'm like, damn, baby can sing. So I walked around to see if she got a tape recorder. See what it was. Why, okay, uh-huh. but why, why I can't look at you? Right. And then she turned around, and she kept on wailing. Then, I, then she opened her mouth to ask me some questions. What happened? What happened? What the hell happened? Where did her mouth come from? Right, who was this? What the fuck? <laughs> what the? Man, come on, man. Y'all. Then she, then she sang again. Okay, that's some phenomenal shit. Right. Oh, excuse me. That's, that's okay. That's phenomenal. Okay? Right. And at that time, I couldn't use her. And this was like a year before I did Turn Off the Lights. And... Um, my, uh, everything was cool, and I started working on Turn Off the Lights, and I wrote it for my girl, Mona Lisa, the girl who sang Lovers. Okay. But Mona was out of town working with Kashif, another producer. Shout out to Kashif, legend. Okay, and we laugh about this all the time. We t- tell him the story. He's like, what? He said, yeah, you changed hip-hop history, dude, by having her out of town. Anyway. Right. <laughs> I'm in the studio. The track is ready to be done. I'm running out of money because uh, I'm in audio achievements, and uh, I call... Baby girl up at the last minute on the way to the studio. Hey, and that's baby, how turn off the lights. Still want to do it? She said, "Yeah, okay, come on." And uh, secret, she don't, she don't, she hates when I tell the story, but I'm telling it the damn way. Um, she was the only singer I ever met in my life that didn't want nothing hot. She she wanted two strawberry strawberry milkshakes before she get in the what? studio. What? I don't know. I've why. never heard that. Everybody that's else, funny. I've had to buy tea. See, get me some lemon. Get me get my some honey. Lemon. She wanted two strawberry milkshakes from Jack in the Box. Wow. <laughs> them joints is good, though. Okay. And I bought them for her, and she went in, and she said. And knocked it out. Knocked it out. But again, contrary to what she tells you, we that last, my last signature note, she couldn't get it. Okay. Now, she'll tell you, I went in there, I did it one take. No, you didn't. Okay, I was there because Dre, Yella, and everybody else wanted me to not use her and you wait for Mona. Wow. Okay, I said, I ain't got time to wait for Mona. Right. We got to do we this. We got to get this done. I got to get this done. Okay, so my engineer Donovan told her to do some, you know, hold this dude this right here. And if you listen to Turn Off the Lights at the end, it is a slight glitch where she said, because we had to flip it up a little bit. We had, to, we had back then, wasn't no cut and paste. It was no Pro Tools, none right. of that. You had to get some a razor blade. Right. You had to get a razor blade, put it in the block, Slice hit it, it with the razor blade one time, and you know, no, back up, back up. You had to take the heads and shake the heads like you're scratching almost. Right. To find that spot, put a, put a grease pin on it, hit it one time with the grease pin, cut it at an angle. Mm-hmm. And tape it back together again and hope you got it right. Okay? But but my boy, Donovan, he was a bad dude. Bad engineer. He got, he got it right the first time. Okay? And that's why we got to, if you turn off the lights at the end. Okay? She got all the other parts. She, she's right. She did. Right. But it's that, 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 that ending. End. But that, that signature I got to have. Right. We had to cut it. We had to cut and paste it. Okay? Hilarious. AM Caffeine Morning Show. We have to do a we part gotta two. We got to do a part two because this hour's up. It's it's so much information that nobody else is getting, man. Zo, I thank you so much. Hey, 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 hold on. Two things. Let me know. My book. Let us know. My book is out, folks. It's called NWA, Not Without Alonzo. Oh! <laughs> so is it out? It's out. It's on Amazon. If you want an autographed copy, 
go to my website, lonzowilliams.com. I will autograph it to you and send it to you directly. It's only 15 bucks. If you want the special, I got the special special. Yes. I have a DVD called Once Upon a Time in Compton. They kind of go hand in hand. I did the DVD like seven years ago. Okay. Just trying to do something because people was lying on me doing all right, kind of stuff. Right. And when you look, you look look at the DVD and read the book, they just they go hand in they hand. They go hand in hand. So both of them is twenty bucks plus shipping. Okay. I'll autograph the book for you and send it straight to your house. Not a problem whatsoever. And also, I'm doing a book. I'm doing a music seminar. April 9th at my at the club. Eve after I still got the keys to it. Still got the keys. Still got the keys. AM Cafe Morning Show. Zo, one more time. What's the website for it? LonzoWilliams.com. No A. N-W-A. Not without Alonzo. Woo! AM Cafe Morning Show. Such a great show. Zo, you have to come back. Anytime. You have to come back. Anytime. Because there's so much more to talk about. We thank you so much. Because I'm a huge fan. Right now, pick up Zo's book, NWA. Not without Alonzo. We're going to put the link on the note, site, too. We're going to put the link up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. AM Caffeine Morning shows how he is. You guys enjoy the rest of your day. Zo, thanks so much. Peace. NWA, the real NWA, not without Alonzo. <laughs> there it is. In your mouth. Enjoy your day. Peace. Any other dancer to the curb? Yeah, it is.